Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, everyone, to the Really Real Real Estate Podcast. It's episode 159. Do you want to buy a house in the next 12 to 24 months? It's not a big secret that buying a home is a huge, in all capital letters, purchase. This is not like buying a new outfit or a new pair of shoes or even a new car. This is the item that you buy that will most likely be the most expensive thing you'll ever purchase as well as spend the most amount of time actually using. If you're thinking about buying a home in the next 12 to 24 months today, we'll talk about what you need to consider in order to prepare yourself for the day that you can actually buy a home. My name is Lou Lombardi. Now, here is your real estate know-it-all. I mean, not in the best way possible. Mr. Jason (laughs) Wilcox. I want to emphasize what we said in the introduction. If your house is not the most expensive thing that you are purchasing, I'm still taking best friend applications. Yeah, you just you know. What's that? I'm gonna buy a house today. It's an impulse buy. I don't know. I just bought this house. Yeah, exactly. Just one, just one one. I have seven already. Decided to buy an eight. Yep. Yep, exactly. It's funny because when I the first time I ever said that, uh some of my friends who listen to the podcast were like, Really, bro? Really? Really? Like, yep, yep. Are you kidding? Sure. Yes. <laughs> well, I guess if you're Bob Kiyosaki or you're uh, Donald yeah. Trump or somebody like that who just, you know, just yep. you know, decides you want to just buy something, you just, you know, you write a check, you know, but exactly. for most for the most of those normal folks, it doesn't yeah. work that way. <laughs> exactly. 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 You know, by the way, Bob Kiyosaki only has $300 million in debt right now. So, but that's, that's a different story for a different podcast. So yes, today we are talking about what you want to do and how you want to prepare yourself. If you're thinking about buying a house in the next 12 to 24 months, um, there's a lot of different conversations and different situations that I have had with buyers um, over the last couple of months that I thought warranted having this conversation on the podcast. You know, different bulleted points were applicable to different clients that I was working with. And I thought, you know what, this would be a great conversation to have because for one reason or another, if you're thinking about buying a house in the next 12 to 24 months, there are some things you need to factor in and there are some things you need to consider. As we go through this list, not everything may be applicable to you, but there may be one or two things on this list where you go, oh yeah, I really need to figure this sector of it out so that when I am ready to go, I've got this, you know, I've got, I've got everything in place. I've got all my ducks in a row that I'll be ready to just step in, look at houses and buy one if, um, if, you know, if I like it. So that's what we're doing today. We're diving into some of the key bullet points, nothing too crazy, nothing too out of line, but yeah, just talk about some things you should consider. Um, and we have said this before, but this is 
you know, and it's just the kind of ugly thing that not ugly, but the kind of the tough part of it is the finances. And you really need to have yeah. that right before you kind of do anything else. Yeah. There's no way to cut it in, in 2023. And I'll be honest with you. The, the reason why this one comes up, because I feel like in some ways we're beating the dead horse when we say this, but it needs to be emphasized. You have to get your money in order. You got to get your finances right. I will tell you right now, it is not impossible, but if you are FHA, VA, USDA, if you need to be under a certain dollar amount, like let's say you can't afford anything more than 200000 or $225,000, if you need large amounts of seller assist, it is really, really hard to get those offers accepted. Um, there are there are buyers bidding 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 over asking price without needing seller assist, let alone those who do. And so if you don't have your finances in order, it can be really, really tough uh, to get your offer accepted, especially in our multiple bid situations. So the first thing we're looking at is you need to have money saved for closing. It's just as simple as that. I think we did an episode a couple of weeks ago that kind of talked about the basics of closing costs and 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 cash to close and what's expected between you know your your closing costs, your down payment, you know your escrows, and you know you'd be surprised that if you want to put ten percent down on a three hundred thousand dollar house, you know you could be potentially looking at forty fifty grand, you know, to save up, and if you can you know put away a thousand dollars a month, that's great. You know, that's that's going to be twelve thousand dollars a year. It's going to take you several years to get to that point. So you got to be making sure that you're saving the money for closing and you got to get with a lender that's going to sit down with you and say, yeah, this is approximately what you're going to need. If you want to put 10 percent down at this price point in this neighborhood with these taxes, this is roughly what you should expect to have to pay. So you got to find a way to 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 get your money saved up you're also going to need to make sure that you have steady income coming in what does this mean means you can't quit your job it means you can't um you know if you are going to switch jobs you need to make sure that you're there long enough i have a story um that i'm going to tell a little bit later that kind of hits home the the idea of you need to make sure you have steady income coming in that it's either you know, uh, you're a regular W-2 employee and you can show, hey, I've got X amount of dollars coming in every other week. Or if you're an independent contractor, you've been in your career long enough that you can showcase. I can tell you right now as realtors, we are completely 1099. We are independent contractors. We do not receive a base salary. You have to be in your career at least two years before any lender will touch you because, or at least to the best of my knowledge, because you have to show a working history of how much are you bringing in per year and are you going to have enough to be able to support, you know, um, the, the mortgage payment on, on, on a, on a, on a, you know, uh, on a career where, you know, you're not making steady income. Um, you gotta make sure that you don't have too much debt on your plate. Um, we've talked about this, uh, forever as well, too. Lenders are not just looking about how much money is saved up in the bank account. They are looking at how much income is coming in, versus how much debt is going out. If you're making six grand a month, but you've got four grand in car payments, student loans, medical bills, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that's gonna be a problem. 
And so you got to get as much of the debt off your plate as possible. Ideally, you want to be debt free uh, from consumer debt. Um, But if you can't be totally debt free, you want to be at least as debt free as possible. So get that debt off your plate. And finally, you got to make sure that you avoid the major red flags. You got to make sure that you are staying current with your bills. You are staying current um, with your utilities. Um, You don't want to be filing for bankruptcy. Um, If you file for either Chapter 7 or Chapter 13 bankruptcy, uh, that stays on your record and you for so long uh, cannot get pre-approved. I can't remember the specifics because it's different for conventional and FHA. It's also different if you file Chapter 7 versus Chapter 13. So you got to keep an eye on that as well, too. But you got to avoid those kind of things. So you got to stay right with your money. You got to make sure that you're staying current with all your your current obligations because they are going to pull credit. You know, they're going to look at your credit score. And if you're delinquent on accounts, um, if you have accounts that are past due, those are going to be major, major problems. They're going to be major red flags and lenders not going to be okay with that. So you want to make sure that you stay right with your your current bills uh, in your current situation. And not just the finances. uh... There's, (laughs) There's, <laughs> I mean, this is, as we said in the intro, this is the biggest purchase you're making. You know, yep. There's going to be some issues with your personal life and you got to make sure that uh, you don't have too many hiccups there. Right, Jason? Yes. Now, it's kind of funny because when I wrote this, I was like, I, I don't know that I want to say personal life because that, that sounds like a personal attack and that's not what I'm meeting. But what I am meaning is there are certain situations that you have to be aware of um, in your current life that that could pose an issue. So the first the first one I will just mention is you have to have a steady job. And people go, well, duh, Jason, that makes sense. It's like, well, yes, you have to have a steady job, but are you thinking of relocating and getting a new job or relocating because of that job? You know, let's say let's say you work for. Um, I think the example I've always used is let's say you work for like a Dick's Sporting Goods or an Amazon. You know, are, are you not wanting to maybe relocate for different reasons? Maybe you don't like the seasons here in Pittsburgh, and you're thinking, hey, I might want to move to Texas. You know, I, Amazon's a big company; they've got warehouses and locations down there. I could always up and move to Texas, and you know, be you know transferred and relocated pretty easy if I ask for a transfer. Um, so you have to make sure that you've got a steady job and you plan on staying in that steady job for the next couple of years. Um, on the flip side, because I've dealt with this on a couple of occasions, is there a possibility of your job asking you to relocate? Are you in a position where there's been discussions in your company that you may be relocated? Um, if those discussions are happening, you might want to pull back because the last thing you want to do is buy a house in September only to have you know Dick's Sporting Goods come to you in December and go, hey, oh, we need you out in Seattle. And it's like, but dude, I just bought a house three months ago. Mm. Well, we need you out in Seattle. Wow. So you got to make sure that just as you're not looking to ask for a transfer or a relocation you have to make sure that your company is not thinking uh, about relocating you yeah. um the next one is are you thinking of switching careers and i have a perfect story for you on this one because this happened in my own life as you all know i was an educator in a former life i was a teacher and in 2016 i made the transition out of the classroom and into real estate um, and, in 2000 what's that he transitioned in 2016. Sorry, yes. I couldn't resist. <laughs> yeah, uh, I transitioned into my new career in 2016. And so, uh, by the way, I did that a month after marriage, uh, after getting married. So I highly recommend not switching your careers on your spouse in the first month of marriage. But that's a different story for a different podcast episode. But at the time, we were also, we knew that buying a house was going to be something on our radar. 
radar and we ultimately ended up purchasing in 2017. So we purchased a year later. Here's the problem. I went from being an educator with a salary and a W-2 to being a, a realtor and 1099 and an independent contractor. And because of that, uh, the lender could not use any of my income, even though by my third year, I was making more money than my wife. I was at a point where for the first couple of years, even though I had income coming in and I was making a paycheck and I was selling houses, um, it was a situation where they couldn't use my income. So we had to go off solely on mm -hmm. my wife's income. And it was something that, thank goodness, it worked out for us. Thank goodness we weren't looking for a too terribly expensive house. And we were able to find something in our budget with just using my wife's income. Uh, but at the end of the day, me switching careers could have been more detrimental. Um, so you got to make sure that if you're thinking about switching careers, especially if you're thinking about something where you go from W-2 and a salary to you know being 1099, being an independent contractor, starting your own business, things get very, very difficult for you. And that could delay you because if you have to use your income, they're going to want at least two years of W-2s before they can do that. And I have had some buyers run into those issues because, you know, and, and I'll give you an example. This happens, especially in the trades where let's say you work a specific trade. And so actually, Lou, if it's okay, I'll use you. Sure. This would never happen to you. But let's say one of your foremen, you know, working for you decides, you know what, I want to go open up my own, my own auto body shop and they leave. Well, they've just gone from working for an employer to becoming the employer. And so even though they're in the exact same field, and I'm sure they would have great success if they've got a clientele base built up already, because they've had not if they've not had two years of tax returns under their belt, that could make getting pre-approved very, very, very difficult. And I have seen that happen with several people in the trades fields where they go out on their own and start their own business. And it makes it tough to get pre-approved for those first couple of years until they lay a foundation. Okay. And then even your, you mentioned getting married. Now that can change your situation as well or creating a relationship or whatever. Correct. Yeah. And, and the last thing that I was going to say was, you know, any type of relationship could change the thing. If you're dating someone, if you get engaged, if you're getting married, um, you know, could that relationship take you to a new city, a new state, a new country? Um, one of my very good friends, uh, met someone online and uh, after they met for the first time in person, they absolutely fell head over heels for each other. I couldn't be more happy for them. Uh, you know, he was renting, he had no strings attached. Now he's out in California and I couldn't be happier for him. It's, it's a great story, uh, you know, that, that, that really has a wonderful ending, but there's a perfect example of within about six months to a year, he met someone online, started dating them and they decided to get married and he decided he was single at, before starting to date her. And, you know, his life was pretty unattached here. And so it was easy to pick up and head out and he wanted to be with her. So he moved out to California. So um, you have to make sure that the relationship's not going to take you to a new area on the flip side. You also want to make sure that the relationship isn't going to maybe just cause you to need a different setup. For example, you know, if you're by yourself and you work in the city, you were thinking of maybe buying in the city. But now all of a sudden you met someone, you find out both of your families are out in the suburbs and you realize you want to be closer to the suburbs. Maybe you want a house, not a townhouse or a condo because it's going to be two of you, not one of you. You know, that's something else to consider. So maybe you are staying in the same area, but by dating someone, maybe your needs within that town have have stayed have changed and so you want to make sure that those changes are going to affect you know where in the city you're going to buy or surrounding parts of the city what kind of property you're going to buy 
all those things could take effect. So yeah, it's just uh, things to be thinking about, um, you know, as you're thinking about buying and just making sure that you really have those two parts of your life, you know, not necessarily a lockdown, things change, it happens, but just having a good idea that you say, okay, you know what, there's all, there's not a possibility of something drastic happening that I'm aware of, not to say that something won't happen out of the blue, but you know, nothing drastic that I'm aware of that I have foreseen on my radar. So I think what we're saying here, the more predictability that you have in your yes. life, that probably the easier the whole process is going to go. You start yep. throwing, you start throwing in. Oh, wait a minute! Now I'm I'm getting I'm getting married and I'm moving to you know uh, Kentucky or something like you know or uh, you know I'm getting yeah. married and she has three kids from a, from a previous marriage and so now I've got you know so but the more you can have a sort of like steady state you know yeah. you you've got that that if you've got good income for for a few years etc the the easier the process becomes you're just throwing more hurdles in front of yeah. yourself by not having these other things together that's exactly it yeah the predictability I think that's a great word that I was looking for. I think that that you nailed on the head. The more predictable your life is, the easier it's going to be for you to, to buy a home in the near future. So I like uh, that. Okay, so just to share, uh, change it up a bit. So what do you? What does the next twelve to twenty four months look like in the real estate yes. world? Yes. So. I think I should start with the disclaimer I always start, which is what do they always say in in financing and investing? Past performance does not dictate future results. Uh, So I'm going to just say now that this is just Jason Wilcox's thought on the real estate market. Don't hold me accountable. This is just what I think is going to happen. But some things I've been sharing with my clients that I think uh, are good things to think about. If you are thinking about buying a house in the next 12 to 24 months, here are a couple of things that I that I think about. One, at least in our area, in the Pittsburgh market, I don't think that house prices are going to go down. Um, I'm hearing a lot of people say, oh, we're just going to wait till the housing market crashes like it did in 08. It's not going to. Just get that out of your mind. It's not going to. Things are totally different now in um, in. 2023 than it was 2008. So it's just not going to happen. Housing market's not going to crash. I do think that house prices are going to go up. I think that appreciation is going to come back to a level of normalcy. We're used to seeing three to 5% appreciation annually. You know, the last couple of years have been insane. I've heard numbers, you know, in the 10, 15, 20, 25, 27, 33% range a year over date. Um, and they were just absolutely insane. I think you are going to see that calm down, but I think that you're going to see it remain. The reason I say that is because if you have the possibility to buy a house within a year, Versus two, take advantage of it because you're going to get the house just that much cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other things that I'm constantly hearing is that, you know, I'm going to wait for interest rates to go down. I'm going to wait for interest rates to go down. And good news, again, what we're hearing on a national level is there is a possibility over the next 12 to 24 months that the interest rates could come down. However, and I apologize to the numbers nerds out there. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. All I know is if I crunch it, I could figure it out. You want to be careful because the longer you wait for the interest rates to go down, simultaneously, those house prices are going up. Right. And so you want to make sure that it's not a wash. You don't want to say, oh, well, hoo hoo, I got an interest rate that was a percentage point lower. I got it at, you know, 475 instead of 575. But congratulations, that house that was 310 last year is now 335. And it's basically a wash because you forget that your monthly mortgage payment is based on two things, your interest rate and your sales price, your balance, your principal that you owe. So yes, your interest rate going down will cause it to be less. But if that mortgage balance goes up, 
which it will do if house prices goes up. It's basically a wash. So maybe think about getting in sooner rather than later. What is the age old adage that everyone says, which is marry the house, date the rate. You know, you can always, you know, you can always refinance um, if need be. I think that we're still going to be in short supply um, over the long haul. Um, I think we're we're not seeing this go away anytime in the near future. Hopefully, you know, new build will continue to happen, but I think we're, it's still going to take some time for the inventory to balance out. I think buyers are realizing what a good, solid investment option buying your own home is versus renting. Um, I think they see that you know to build wealth you know within their own family and with their within their own you know personal lives you know part of wealth management wealth building is owning your own home so i think that continues to to see some uh some demand and i think we're still having some supply issues i will say this much though i cannot promise that this is what's going to happen but one of the things that i have noticed last year interest rates really started spiking. Mm. So October, November, December, January, February got really slow. Part of that was because in our market, the holidays and the winter always seemed to slow the market down. It seemed with the rising interest rates that caused the market to slow down even more. I don't know if we're going to see that in October, November, December, January, February this year, because, you know, if interest rates, you know, continue to slowly decrease, I think we're to a point where buyers realize that interest rates are um, at a place where if you want to buy a house, this is it. You know, unfortunately, two and three is not the norm. That's exceptionally low. Four, five, six, seven, that's more the accepted norm. And so if interest rates go down, you know, as they're predicting, you know, we could see that steady, you know, interest in house buying over the, the winter months. But, you know, the last couple of winters have been excessively slow. And so if your finances and your personal life dictate, it might be worth it to try to see if you could buy something in October, November, December, January, February, when the market's slow, when you're not getting into a bidding war, when maybe you're not having to buy, you know, 25, 30, 35, 40, $50,000 over. Again, not saying that's going to happen, but it is something to consider. The other thing that I will tell you, for those of you that are closer to 18 to 24 months out, I started my career back in 2016, and I noticed something about the market. While we slow down every fall, winter season, right around Halloween, I noticed it was exceptionally slow in 2016. It was somewhat slow in 17, 18, 19, but then it got exceptionally slow in 2020. And then it got slow in 21, 22. It'll probably get slow in 2023. And I'm predicting it's going to get excessively slower in 2024. Mm. What I'm getting at, and you guys all know, I am not a political person. I don't have a political bone in my body. I would probably last three and a half minutes uh, in the political arena. I just don't have the, the the stomach or the headspace for it. But what I've noticed is that the real estate market really slowed down in 2016. The real estate market slowed down in 2020. I would not be surprised if it excessively slows down in 2024. We seem to have an excessive slowdown around the election season. Everyone on both sides of the aisle is afraid that the world is coming to the end. You know, <laughs> the United States is going to turn to a third world country. We're all going to be living, you know, off of, you know, pennies on the dollar. We're all going to be speaking Russian or Chinese if their political candidate 
doesn't get into office and I'm going to just call it like I see it, which is that's on both sides of the aisle. That's not one side or the other. That's everyone. Um, so things have a tendency to usually slow down because half the world or half the country is afraid that, you know, the the world's going to the, the U.S. economy is just going to tank. So with that said, if you know, and obviously, again, past performance doesn't dictate future, you know, future um, performance, but. Up until this point, we've been pretty okay for the most part. So, you know, if you are thinking about buying, again, taking advantage of that excessively slow market, and, and I and I saw it happen. You know, there were times where I'd have listings in, you know, I had I I can remember one specific instance where I had a listing in the the fall winter of 2020. We had a really hard time selling it. I'd gotten under contract, but the buyer terminated over the, the sales. Um terminated one of the inspections and mm. unfortunately we we couldn't get it done so the the seller decided to let me go they hired someone else they put it out in the spring when we all finally realized the world wasn't ending he put it out and he sold it in three days for fifteen thousand more than i could have sold it in the winter nothing he did differently nothing about him was any better or worse than me we both did the exact same thing it just happened to be timing of the market somebody could have bought that house for fifteen thousand dollars cheaper had they bought it three months before so if you're thinking about buying in the next 12 to 20 24 months, really consider maybe holding off if your life and your finances allow you to, uh, because you might be able to find something in those winter market, in that winter market where maybe you can get something a little bit more cheaper and a little bit more affordable. Again, not guaranteeing it, but just what I've noticed over my last couple of years. And I've talked to some some agents that have been in this longer than I have, and they said, yep, same thing happened in 2012, 2008, 2004, 2000, 96, 92, 88, it happens, so. Okay. That 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 is my that is my real estate uh, state of the union, if you will, Lou. <laughs> so uh, that's all I got for today. But okay. those are my thoughts. If you have any questions or you want to dive into more specifics about your specific situation, you know, I'm not a financial coach, I'm not a financial advisor, but I'm at least happy to just talk with you, share you my thoughts on your specific situation, and let you know where I think I can help you. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Great, uh, great advice and great perspective as always. Uh, if you are interested in getting that conversation started sooner rather than later, which I believe Jason prefers because the sooner you start to ha- at least have the conversation, he can at least tell you, ah, you're not ready yet. You need to save up a little bit more or no, I think that we could do this or your reach <laughs> exceeds your grasp here. Let's, let's, let's work on this. Um, the, the, he can guide you through this thing. That's exactly what a great real estate advisor does. Uh, if you're interested in, in that sort of thing, you can reach out to Jason today at 412-651-4638. You may call or text that number. You may also email Jason at jason.wilcox at pittsburghmoves.com. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out uh, for another, another wonderfully informative podcast. And we'll catch you all on the next Really Real Real Estate Podcast. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.